I think it's been really beautiful to see in our 20s and 30s community in the last couple of years, the intentionality about forming community and forming relationships with one another. So perhaps you've had the joy of encountering that at table with other friends through, I don't know what we call them, but like our dinner groups that we have. Perhaps you've encountered that in small groups or in Bible studies. Um, but I'm really excited at the way that we're intentionally focusing on like building relationships with one another. And it's really cool to see how God's being glorified in that. So um, by show of hands, is this anyone's first time at the Cathedral of Christ the King today? Anybody first timers at the Cathedral of Christ the King? A couple people, welcome home. This is your place, this is your space. I hope that this will be a happy parish home for you and a community um, where you can grow closer to the Lord. Anyone first retreat with the 20s and 30s community? Lovely, you guys! So if you're an, an old veteran here who is seasoned, please take note of the people who you're sitting next to. And my hope today is that we don't leave this space without meeting new faces and new names. You guys have been prayed for intentionally for weeks and weeks and weeks. I've been praying for this retreat, um, and it's just going to be so awesome to see like how the Lord helps you to unpack what you're gaining from this time um, as we go forward. So welcome to everyone here, first-timers. Welcome to people who are new to the community. Um, and it's just beautiful that we continue like to grow in this space and in this way. So like Kathleen said, I have the history of being a military brat, which means I have moved around a lot. So I'm very familiar with this topic of transition. Um, and I think that I don't need to be the one to tell you guys about what transition looks like in your life because... I feel like it's the common experience of a 20 or a 30-something year old to be familiar with starting a new job, starting new relationships, getting out of relationships, moving closer or farther away from family, moving in with perhaps other Catholic or Christian or not any of that, but like moving into a house that you just purchased. Like this is the experience of our 20s and our 30s. Um, and so just know that like if transition has been a challenge for you in those seasons, that you're not alone. Um, and I take shelter in that too, knowing that my dear friends who I'm looking at in this room have known me through many seasons of transition. Like Kathleen said, I just started a new job in August and I love, love, love my job. But like with transition comes the challenge for us to like either lean into community if that's what you need or to take a step back. And so I'm so excited that our Cathedral of Christ the King here has this community a space where we can always feel welcome to jump back in after it's been a while, or a place where we can find a landing ground and a safe home where we can connect with other people who are also going through this time. So my hope during this talk is just to share with you, I'm kind of going to, if you're like an outline person like myself, I'm a teacher, so um, I'm going to break down those words in the talk. So obviously I wanted to hit on transition and the fact that we are all going through seasons of transition, um, but I'm also going to talk about healthy boundaries, what those look like, and the importance of our relationships with one another. I'm definitely not a professional. You guys chose an interesting talk to sit in on because the other guy's like a professional counselor. So um, if you need some more deep resources, go get him after this talk. Um, I haven't met the guy, but really honored to be here as well. But I have learned a lot in my last like seven to 10 years of adult life. Um, I've learned a lot about like what boundaries do look like and what they don't look like how to connect with people, how to be like sensitive and gentle towards myself as well during those difficult seasons of transition. Um, and also just like seeking wisdom and counsel from people who have either studied counseling or who are participating in counseling. And so I feel like this life advice has, has helped me grow in so many ways through many, many seasons of transition. And I'm really good at the word no. 
Um, yeah, just like a lot of my dearest friends will invite me to things and I'll be like, wow, I really, I love that you've invited me to that, but no, I can't make it happen this time. Um, and I'm really, really grateful to the friends that I've had through this community, outside of the community, that have respected that growth in my life. When I was a military brat, um, and some of you are familiar with like a childhood of starting over, I had to jump into new situations and be like pretty extroverted. Um, and that was good for me, like I learned to be authentic and I learned to be honest with my friends, but friendship and fast friendship was a part of my childhood. And I reverence that and I, I really loved growing up moving a lot, um, but that's very different than my adult life now. So I've had to learn over time that like that's not a mode um, that is one that you can totally thrive in all the time, and it's totally okay as well to take time for yourself. Um, like I said before, I don't know all of y'all's stories personally and what you're going through. Perhaps you're here to seek out new friendships with people because you need a home team to help you out. You need a tribe that can be by your side during whatever you're going through during this time, and I think it's awesome that we can gain from that here too. Um, perhaps you have had like really awesome community experiences, the people that you live with in Christian community um, or intentional other programs of community, and perhaps um, journeying more intentionally and deeper with the people that you've already connected with is where you are at. So I don't know where y'all are at, but it's exciting because like this place will reverence what you're going through, and I have seen that in my friendships here as well. I went to the Florida State University, go Knowles. I don't know how we're doing today or what time the game is because I just got back to the States. But um, I went to Florida State and I was doing college outreach. And this kind of was a big turning point for me in learning how to have boundaries with others because I love the new evangelization. I love meeting new people. And that's what I was doing as a freshman at Florida State. Um, I was reaching out to people who were new on campus. And through that experience, I really wanted to invite people to the Catholic Center. So I would learn about like, what are they interested in and how can I bring them into the fold? Where can I find an opportunity for invitation? And maybe missionary activity is like the call that the Lord is pressing upon your heart in this community as well. Um, and it's just like beautiful to invite people into people. And many of you who are sitting here have done a very intentional job of inviting others into your life, into your small group. Um, but what I failed to do during that time was, like, remember who I was as well. So I'd, like, learn about somebody else's interests, and I would also forget my own. And I failed to recognize during those times in forming those friendships that it was good to have boundaries for myself as well in how I was managing my time and how I was connecting with other people. So I've been through a long road of journeying in various communities, like that community of outreach, I also did, uh, like Kathleen said, Life Teen full-time missions up in North Georgia. If anyone has been to Belanica, I lived up there for a couple of years. And I lived in a very intentional community. Um, we spent every day praying together in community, and our house leader used to say the best thing about community is community. And the worst thing about community is also community. And she, if you've lived that life, you know what I'm talking about. But she compared community to each of us being like a jagged rock with like sharp edges. And she said, in community, we're like all of these jagged rocks put into a bag and shook up together. And that we kind of like rub each other and um, rub each other the wrong way, perhaps. Um, but over time, like those jagged edges help to make our edges more smooth. 
And she was highlighting that even though community and having relationships with other people can oftentimes be painful or challenging or difficult, that like this is our path to sanctity. This is how we grow in holiness. What I love about the Lord God is that he made us in his loving mercy, in his image, in his likeness, and that he made us in his love, by his love, and for love. Like we are made for relationship. We are made for communion. And we see that in the example of the Blessed Trinity. This family, this community of persons. And so we're made for relationship. We're made for communion. Even though at times it can challenge us in those relationships. And like it's been mentioned all day, when I talk about relationships, I'm not just talking about those romantic relationships that we have. But also familial relationships. And also friendship relationships. Like, having healthy boundaries in each of those places is important. And why do we have to have boundaries? Because healthy boundaries lead to healthy relationships. Um, And perhaps I'm preaching to the choir, and perhaps some of you haven't taken time to kind of inventory what your relationships look like to this point. So I hope to share a couple of helpful hints on how I have learned to form healthy boundaries with other people. Now, if you're a sensitive soul like myself... um, you may have worried about boundaries in your life. And I have too. Like I've been concerned in the past that if I state a boundary of spending this much time or um, investing in this situation, that people won't respect that. uh, That they'll be judgmental or look down on that. And I hoped we'd be here in the Highland Center because the first example that I thought of, I'm a big spiritual metaphor gal, is basketball. Um, I played basketball in middle school, and then all of a sudden, everybody kept growing taller, and I stayed the same height. So, like, it wasn't in my path to continue to be a basketball player, but I really loved playing basketball. Um, Some of you didn't know that about me because I'm embarrassed about it, but I was thinking about this court and the boundaries that we see on the court and thinking about a basketball game being played. And the simplicity of this boundary is that it's respected by the players. And when the ball goes out of bounds, the whistle is blown, the game stops very briefly, and the possession is turned over. Super simple. And as I was reflecting on that, I was like, wow, people do respect boundaries a lot more than I think that they do. Um, And so in learning over the last couple of months, through many seasons of transition in my own life, with a job, with traveling, I've used the word no a lot to my dear friends who love me um, and know that I use no a lot. And I've learned to just think about the simplicity of like a physical boundary in soccer, in basketball, to remind me that it's okay to have boundaries and it's a good thing. Healthy boundaries lead to healthy relationships. More specifically, you probably already know this, but I'm not just talking about physical boundaries like in basketball. Um, I think that that's the first thing we tend to go to when we think about relationships is like what are my physical boundaries. Um, But there are also boundaries of how much time will I spend with this person or with this community. Um, They say that, what is it, like the top five people that you spend the most time with are the people that you become most like. And I know that to be true because I don't see her in this room yet, but one of my roommates last night, she and I answered something in the same way at the same time we used the same words. We were like, oh my gosh, it's only been two months. This is crazy. Um, So we become like the people that we spend the most time with. So there's not only physical boundaries, but there's boundaries of how much time am I spending here and investing. There's also that boundary, y'all know this, of like how much of my heart do I share with other people? 
How much of my desires and my hopes and my dreams and my heartaches do I trust with other people? Y'all, I'm very happy to be here in front of you, but I'm not going to share all of that with you at large, you know, because like in a large group, that would not be an appropriate setting, a pretty easy boundary that I'm not going to cross here at this time. Um, and you probably appreciate that too. Um, but we like journey most closely with a few people. I love the example of, have you guys heard of like, um, this guy named Jesus? Sorry. <laughs> I teach freshmen. I'm sorry. Sometimes they humor me. Anyways, so Jesus, uh, man, God, earth, let's. Um, yeah, so Jesus has this beautiful model of discipleship that I take. I use as like a litmus test of inventory in my life too, not to harbor exclusivity and not to harbor um, like clickiness, but to help remind me of how much to share with other people. So Jesus has these 12 disciples, followers, and they're his close friends and he dines with them and he tells them of his love for them and he accompanies them and he intentionally calls them. These are his 12, yes? And then he has the three men that he journeys most closely with. Can y'all tell me who those three are? John, Peter, James, yes, James, John, and Peter, these three men who were at, um, do you guys remember one of the mysteries of the rosary when they went up the mountain? At the transfiguration, Um, at the transfiguration, Jesus invites these three men to be with him. He's sharing a more intimate part of his life, a mystery that we have in the rosary, with these three close followers, not twelve. Not the 72 that he commissions to be apostles and to go out and preach the gospel, but he shares with the three. And I think that, like I said, we're not harboring exclusivity by saying, hmm, who are my three closest friends? Or like, who are my 12? <laughs> like, that's not the spirit of the gospel is to shut people out. But it helps remind me that, like, I can have a home team, and who are those people on my 12-person home team? Um... And who are those three, four, two, or five people that I share my heart with more intentionally? Um, And then also, I think of this community as a good example of the 72. I don't know how many we are here today. It's probably more than 72 for sure. I think they said 110 earlier. Okay, excellent. I love it. Um, But why I mentioned the 72 is because in Luke's Gospel, one of my favorite parts, I think it's in chapter 10 when they're commissioned, the 72 are sent out to go and proclaim the Gospel. And so perhaps this community is an example of the 72. Um, And so I would just encourage you to take time in prayer. Like, the Lord knows your heart. He knows the makeup and the, the blueprints of your heart and your desires and your needs for community in this very season of time. He knows the number of hairs on our head. Like, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Um, and so my encouragement to you is to just spe- like to spend time with him in prayer, in silence today, and think about who are those people in my life. And or if you don't have those people in your life, who from my small group can I invite into that place in my heart? Or who... Um, in my life, can I invite to journey more intentionally with me? C.S. Lewis has a book called The Four Loves. Anybody read it? Spoiler alert, I haven't read it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I heard it's good, and one of my favorite quotes from it is this very long quote about love. He says, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Some of us have heard this. To love it all is to be vulnerable. Yikes. I hate that, but I love it too. 
And that's just a good reminder, like, if the Lord extends his hands on a cross wide open and exposes his body to us in love, like, to love it all is to be vulnerable. And what a good reminder Jesus on the cross is to us that um, in times of our greatest need, that, like, the Lord, too, has moments of vulnerability. And I want to read to you this quote by C.S. Lewis from The Four Loves. Um, Let me know if I'm missing any other fruits from the book that I haven't read yet. But he says, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable impenetrable, irredeemable. To love it all is to be vulnerable. And I love that reminder, like, um, my desire is to connect with other people. You know, we're, like, challenged to connect with that 72, perhaps. Um, Perhaps to journey more intentionally with that 12, and even more intimately and personally with that 3. But this is such a helpful reminder of a quote to me, to love it all is to be vulnerable. In those moments when I need to share, but feel challenged, and I'm like, I'd rather lock it up in that dark coffin. Um, The opportunity is there for us to be vulnerable as well. So I want to share one other story with you from John's Gospel, John chapter 21. So in John chapter 21, uh, Jesus has resurrected from the dead, and Jesus encounters Peter. And I'm just going to read to you a couple of verses. Verse, um, this is chapter 21, verses 15 to 19. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He then said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that he had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He was saying this, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, Follow me. story because we remember that Peter denied Jesus three times, and many of you have probably already heard this, but Jesus' threefold invitation to Peter helps to redeem his threefold rejection. So when Peter denies Jesus three times, Jesus comes back to Peter after the resurrection, and in his great merciful love for Peter, he invites Peter to this opportunity to say yes to his love. And um, for those of you who speak Greek in the room, um, again, (laughs) I don't, but I know a couple of words here and there. and we know from this passage, we can like read it in annotations and in footnotes and if you speak Greek, that there's two different types of love that are being expressed here. That first Jesus says to Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me in the way that a father loves a son? And Peter responds to that first time, Jesus, 
you know that I feel you love you. Miscommunication. Um, so Jesus is inviting Peter to an agape love, the love between a father and a son, and Peter responds with a, you know that I love you with a brotherly love, the love of a brother, the love of a friend. And so Jesus says again, Peter, do you agape love me? And Peter answers again, Lord, you know that I feel you love you. You know that I love you as a brotherhood. And Jesus finally comes down to Peter's level. I don't know all of what's going on in this interaction over there, but I love to reflect on the fact that like Jesus meets Peter where he is. And he says, Peter, do you feel you love me? And Peter goes, Lord, you know everything. You know that I feel you love you. And finally, they're speaking the same love language. And I love that because in our greatest needs, like Jesus will meet us where we are. And in reflecting on the relationships that are in your life, whether it's with your family, whether it's with your friends, or in your romantic relationship as you're discerning, there might be heartache, there might be great joy, there might be a closeness, or there might be like a void of closeness that you've experienced. And Jesus meets us in our needs. Jesus meets us where we are, in our need to grow in our boundaries, and our need to learn how to communicate our boundaries with other people, whether it be physical boundaries, whether it be emotional boundaries of how much I share, the lack thereof, or the too much, and also the boundaries of our time. And so my encouragement to you is spend time with Jesus in this passage, John chapter 21. If you're someone who enjoys Lexio Divina or Ignatian Meditation, it's a beautiful one to sit in and just listen to Jesus inviting us as well to respond to the love that he's inviting us into. So I'd love to close in prayer with you today um, and pray for those relationships and for that listening and pray for the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We thank you for your merciful love. We thank you for being with us during this time, for the gift of your word, and for the gift of your love and your mercy towards Peter and your love and your mercy towards us as well. Jesus, we bring to you the discernment of healthy boundaries in our relationships. We bring to you those areas of heartache and also those areas of joy and gratitude for those relationships that have fed us and challenged us and smoothed out our ragged edges. Jesus, you know our needs before we do. So I ask Jesus for your blessing over all of our relationships with our family members, with our friendships. That you would be a part of those relationships, Lord. That you would help us to know um, what is your will and like where to use yeses and where to use noes. Jesus, thank you for the great gift of your mercy and your kindness. Um, this time that we have together today. Mother Mary, we bring all of these intentions and these relationships that we have to you and ask that you would help to um, purify us and bring us closer to your son. We pray all of this in Jesus' most holy and precious name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.